So, Nicholas, welcome. We got you on the call second time round. This time, uh, recorded to share with the world all of your startup experience and everything that you do. I think we've got a couple of interesting points to touch on, but to kick things off, maybe uh, yeah, like a little quick uh, tweet about who Nicholas is and uh, and what you do, please. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I'm a regular product management student that um, kind of stumbled into the gem startup scene. And now I'm fully in, I love it, and definitely here to stay. Um, that, that would be my tweet if I had one That's tweet good. to Yeah, perfect. Me. You know, I'm still getting used to these tweets. It's always like catches me off guard how short they are, but that was perfect. To the point, loved it, great. <laughs> um, then I'll jump in with my first question, if you don't mind. So like we, we've discussed before, of course, but for the rest of the audience, just to let them know your background. So you are currently studying at Code University. That's correct, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm in my I'm in my third semester right now. Oh, cool. Um, now my fourth, like starting soon. Um, okay. So maybe you could give us a little bit of background because I think we previously discussed it. It's it's a very unique concept, I think, Code University, mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear like, yeah, what is the main purpose of it, and just to describe a little bit about your studies, maybe how it differs from regular universities within Germany. That would be really cool if you don't mind. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that differs from regular university is a good good starting point. Yeah. Um, my professor is probably not 100% signing that, but we always say, we students, that code is kind of an accelerator program with a bachelor degree. So um, we, we have three study programs, um, software engineering, interaction design, product management. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I say product management, but I can kind of become the product manager um, that I want so I can do a bit more design focus or a little bit more software engineer focus and within these like three different study programs we always like form teams and work on products like work on digital ideas um, work on problems that we found um, and there there are like three ways to study at code um, you can just like be on your own do like your single project um, you have to you have to like um, get some modules obviously that's like kind of so we can get a bachelor degree, um, but it's pretty much up to you how you're gonna like fit the, the, the stuff that you're interested in into like modules. Um, the second thing is that most code students are choosing is you can start your own business. We have dating apps, we have trading um, ideas. And yeah, so you find a team, there's this like kind of convention week where everyone has now their Zoom call and they try to get software engineers, um, interaction designers or the other way around, there's no like, this person has the idea. Um, so you kind of like form groups in the first weeks um, and the professor is gonna like sign it um, as an official project and then you're allowed to work on it um, throughout the semester. Um, so I think we have, um, so code of three years old is a quite young university. And um, so far I think um, there are 20 companies um, coming out from code. That was gonna be my and, first question. There must be like a serious amount of output. That's like 20 in three years is crazy, right? Yes, I think it's pretty good. Um, I don't know other numbers, um, but it's quite cool. But that's also because code supports are with everything. Um, I think we have the minimum um, amount of professors that we have to have to be a university because code believes and we want to have people that are close to the economy, um, maybe still working in product um, roles and still working at startups, whatever. Um, we have cool people. One of the early founders from N26, he is a professor at our um, university. So we can like really run with these people. And he just turned seven or something, right? I saw it on the app recently. I, yes, I think a, so. So three recently. more years before they're not a startup anymore. <laughs> Crazy. 
Um, yeah, super cool. And um, yeah, so you can kind of work on that. Um, the cool thing is um, I can match what kind of modules I want to do in um, each semester. So let's say I'm having an idea, I'm starting very early, like first MVP testing and stuff. So I then select obviously the, pro um, the modules, um, market discovery or um, yeah, MVP building and stuff. So I do the work anyway, and then I can like kind of put in an assignment and get graded on it. That's pretty cool. I want this... to just go back to one point, if you don't mind, Nicholas. Sorry to, to interrupt you, but um, really fascinating that the professors that are involved, you have the minimum, but also they're involved and engaged with these activities like a real business, which I think is super important because that gap between academia and entrepreneurship is always really difficult to bridge in like traditional universities. So I think having that kind of criteria for your professors must give you um yeah like a really really good access to proper expertise right yeah absolutely not not only that also if a professor like sees that you you're good in what you do or like you're an engaged person they make you an intro to um like their company if you want to have an internship or um we also had a lot of like the um, student project who became a company most of the time they got a good intro to an um, investor from like professors because they really knew what they're doing because we're catching up with them every week and like get coaching from them yeah um so yeah that's super cool um and um the other thing that you can do at code is um just um go together with a partner we have zalando facebook aws porsche to go like to join them within the partner project so um things they are actually working on, you can then join and also like fit your modules in the same style. So it's kind of like um, a corporate challenge or something you can- Corporate kind of... challenge. Mm -hmm. Usually these are the innovation labs of these bigger companies yeah. that like collaborate with um, students. And yeah, so it's fun too. Pretty cool. And, and how long is it to get your bachelor's then? Is it two, three year program or four years? How long is it normally? So it's a, it's a six semester um, program. So I think okay. three years. Things code also allows us to expand, um, extend our study, and almost everyone is choosing that because we're not paying more than um, we have, like we would if we have three um, three years. Right. And it's just like the network that you keep. So usually, someone that's taking like an off semester um, to work on something. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty interesting. I, I had another question: is like how many people actually go through it? Because like must be so exciting to go through and create a company and then maybe you just want to go all in right but i suppose the flexibility the flexibility of the program allows you to do both right you can continue to study while at the same time growing your company which is pretty much what you did right absolutely i think you yeah because a lot of people ask me like how do you like found your company and study at the same time <laughs> it is literally as close as, as it gets like yeah. um, studying and founding um so yeah Cool. And is it uh, pretty difficult to get in or is there like a very difficult application process? I, I presume it's quite popular because Berlin, startup capital of Germany, one of the top five probably in Europe and the world maybe even. Um, so it must be quite competitive to get in there, I, I imagine, right? So um, I think that like there we have an acceptance. I don't I don't think there's like an official number of an acceptance rate. Sure. Um, but it's not about how good you like were in school because code doesn't believe like they don't even look at your grades. You can have like a perfect um, A level. They're not they're not going to look at it. Um, they look on your soft skills. They look on how motivated you are and mm. through a four step application process. So it takes some time at, to get like through the application process. 
Um, I think you can see it online. So there's a challenge involved. There you have like kind of two weeks for and stuff. So um, it is it is an application person. I think there's like a five to ten percent acceptance rate, but it's based on how motivated you are. Like um, um, yeah. yeah, how open-minded you are. Um, so code really because we always work in these teams. It's super important that there's like a team spirit in it because it's yeah. If someone is not like doesn't want to contribute, it's super hard to like stay in the teams and stuff because um, you're constantly with them with them. So cool. Yes. No, that sounds really really great. So I presume like in comparison also to a regular university, there's less focused on like teaching, meaning like I give you a lecture and you attend like eight hours or twenty hours a week of lectures, but rather um a more flexible opportunity for you to develop your own startup through project-based or peer-to-peer -peer learning would that be correct absolutely yes um we found out like the motto of um, code is curiosity driven education nice. which funny is also like code if you like write it out ah, okay. <laughs> it was an afterthought okay. but now everybody says like yeah that's what code stands for um and it really is like that you kind of um you start you jump you um jump straight into the cold water and there will be the point you don't know further. And that is the point where you learn the best because mm -hmm. um, you naturally want to learn it, which is like, I know I remember back in school, like chemics and didn't knew what I'd do that for. Like I knew I don't want to do that. So, and at code, it's kind of like the other way around. So you naturally, you want to code a website. How am I doing that? And then you start um, looking it up. Then you start learning it. Right. It's way more effective. It's more fun and you remember it better. So this is the same kind of approach. So I don't know. As a PM student, um, we wanted to know how to set up a marketing campaign on um, Google Google Ads. So then we started to learn it, and then it was like the most effective way to learn it. That's really um, cool. I suppose it's need driven, right? Because you really want to. Yeah. You, you you are the one that's pushing to learn that. It's not like a, a standard module. I had to do chemistry, physics my first year when I studied sports science. I was like, oh my god, why am I doing this? But um, so it's need driven, which is really good. And secondly, it's practical, right? You can you can already see the value because you want to learn it to apply it to your company or whatever you're doing, yes. right? Yeah, really. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. And no, I think it's super interesting. No. Sorry, Nicholas, go ahead. Like this, this might not work like for every study program. It's always like my friend saying yes, but this like. I'm studying pharmacy. It's obviously it doesn't work everywhere, but I think within the tech like niche or space that works very well. Yeah, um, I mean, even if you're not successful with your startup, uh, which I think you are, by the way, but you know, in general, <laughs> the people that go through it, that the skills you learn, right? I mean, like it's 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 like as if you're almost getting work experience before you enter the, into the job market, right? Because you do yes. it like yeah, yeah. crazy. No, that's really, really cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. And I'll, of course, share the links in the description, the show notes and everything so someone can can really um, get more information on that, maybe see some of those startups that have come through. But speaking of startups, uh, maybe we can we can just skip ahead for a second. I'd love to talk a little bit about um, unicorns, zebras and offsetting. Uh, so three three interesting topics, I think, related to mm -hmm. what you do. So you you came uh, came about and created your own company um, and it's in the area of of kind of, I suppose, sustainability and whatnot, but maybe I could just, before we go into what your company is, talk about what is a Zebra startup or uh, how do startups nowadays balance uh, the, the the idea of profitability with, uh, say, social uh, responsibility or social impact. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could just give me your thoughts a little bit on that. Um, yeah, if you don't mind. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, like I heard about the Zebra context a lot because like, I'm also working with the sub association, like the green space. So there's a lot of like discussion around that. And 
I honestly have mixed feelings about it because mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great it's a great concept um, to say yeah you don't have to become a unicorn that's like don't only aim for that like blend out everything else just like pump it up pump your startup up um, and I don't know, like become a WeWork that at the end just like falls apart because there's yeah, nothing behind flop. it big flop um, but at the same time because um, I like hear a lot of like social impact startups people start using as a bit as an excuse to like kind of also like I think people think that because they're a zebra they don't have to like become like look too much on like the product um, excellence anymore mm -hmm. I, I like I always say like product excellent first product responsible second yeah. um, maybe, maybe a good example is um, there is a bike company that does like um, out of like woods um, builds bikes and they do it also um, with um, working together with like people um, that have like no have no jobs and stuff and they only import like um, materials that are very like well sourced and stuff yeah and it's 100 percent sustainable um, the thing is um, it's super expensive it is um, it takes forever to um, to to build it mm -hmm. and um, it's kind of not very high quality because like um, sustainable glue is not there yet. Yeah. Um, which means like, yes, it, it ticks all the boxes of being like, um, kind of like social responsible, but it kind of can't compete with like other bike um, bikes that, yeah. so at the end there's like no impact because no one can buy it or afford it or the target group is so mi minimum. Yeah, it's a very niche, niche market, right? Where it could work within a very small percentage of I don't know the German market or whatever. But in the end, if you want to really reach scale, there has to be some maybe concessions made, right? That you don't use maybe the uh, sustainable glue, but rather you, you know, create a, a profitable business and, uh, and are ready and yes. waiting for when the technology catches up to, to allow you to become more sustainable. Maybe. I really like that when, when people say like, we have a zebra mindset, so mm. um, we're not going to like grow, um, and then like leave stuff behind that is very important, um, like social, um, like the whole social, uh, corporate social responsibility. Yeah. Um, but I also like see a lot of stuff that take that as like an excuse or like think their like sustainability is their like unique selling point, which I think is not like, it's, yeah. it should be like the default um, nowadays. And people over communicate that and like kind of put them in a niche, um, like, Good examples like I heard so often. Did you know that the meat industry is contributing 80% of global emissions? We finally made a sustainable green alternative to meat. And first of all, like showing how like um, little um, um, chickens got shredded and stuff, and kind of like used guilt to um, to like address to market that thing. Yeah. And there's a simple fact that there are 80% still out there that is they are not vegan. And you lose them at that point because you're shooting yeah. against them. It's a, it's a kind of like an aggressive form of um, yes. not aggressive, but I know yeah, it's, it's emotion driven kind of fear or guilt impact for for what yes. you're trying to deliver the message, right? Yeah. Were they developing lab based meat or what was the the actual? No, I think it was just like um, some um, meat um, like alternatives, nothing to do with meat. Um, ah, I, okay, like like uh, these um, veggie burgers, different veggie things. burgers and stuff. Yeah. And, and my, my, like a good example is in that field, um, maybe Beyond Meat, right? One yeah. of one yeah, of exactly. a role model, because Beyond Meat said, we make super delicious sausage, just as like the one that you used to, but with all the benefits of 
um, of um, pro like plant proteins. Like no word about like wasting yeah, the planet yeah. and no it's word about like we are twist, so right? green, right? Yes. And this is how like products work, how you communicate them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they also like claim like they don't want to be put in the vegan corner. They say we want to be right next to the meat. Like we want to be in the meat corner because we're competing with the meat and not being alternative. And I think that's like, I love the concept of zebras, but that's a little bit of a danger that people become like, oh yeah, we are zebra. We are sustainable. That's what we do. Um, and forget about that. They have to build good products at the end yeah. that can compete. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good points, Nicholas. Um, yeah, I think it's really great. I think it's it's a mindset shift in terms of how your your forward facing aspect of your company is to the customers, you know, and how you frame your product and the value you bring. Uh, that beyond um, example was really really good. Uh, I think it's really really powerful how you can make it positive and instead of like attacking people or instead of maybe um, trying to guilt people into it because in the end. I guess the, the, the core point is that for any business, whether it's a charity, whether it's a, a Verein, for example, in Germany, this kind of like idea of a nonprofit, or whether it's a, a zebra or a unicorn, you need to be profitable if you're going to succeed. Yes. Even if the even if the aim is not to like, you know, become Jeff Bezos, be sitting on a pile of money, you know, mm -hmm. if you, Amazon is successful because it's profitable. He's, he's a billionaire or whatever now, because one of the most richest men in the world, because it's profitable. And that supports jobs, that supports innovation, that supports other things that uh, can be very good for society. So I guess what you're trying to, try to say is to, to keep the focus on the zebra mindset, but with the mm -hmm. aim of, 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 of trying to be profitable because you just don't want to take people's money and then not be able to deliver a product within the first four weeks Absolutely. of when they order it, right? Or yes. whatever, yeah. the, the sad thing, as you said, like if, you, if you're not making profit and you're not having the mindset at all, so that your product has to make profit at one point, not going to have a big impact because no one is going to buy it no one can afford it yeah. or the quality is too bad i think because you talked about richest people in the world like elon musk now richest richest guy yeah, it's true he took over right yeah he never communicated um tesla is so green and diesel com cars are so bad and look yeah. at us we're making it because he was not 100 percent. it's not sustainable he does the batteries were not sustainable yet so he was like i'm not going to communicate that um because people would like come at me. So he would rather focus on like product excellence, like yeah. fast acceleration, better software, all that stuff. And um, I think till two years ago, they still used um, leather in their cars because leather, mm -hmm. vegan leather was not there yet. It was been like a bad quality. Now vegan leather is there, like good quality. So they build it in and they yeah. don't like over communicate like, oh yeah, now we are vegan um, interior. It's just like, it just happened. I think yeah. that's, that's the coolest zebras I would say um that do it but without like over communicating it yeah i guess i guess you know with elon in particular maybe he sees this as a logical step it's like it's not going to be it it's one step towards it so you know mm -hmm. you just you gotta you gotta have the momentum because if you wait to launch your product until everything's perfect probably your business might fail if you have to import that wood and, and work with sustainable products and everything else it's just probably not going to work the way you want it to work whereas he's now delivering impact already and yes, the, the batteries, there's a huge issue with recycling them and making them sustainable. But for sure, when it is ready, he has the entire infrastructure and the empire around this, which is probably ready just to it. Uh, as you said, with the leather example, take in that product and integrate it seamlessly into the existing stream. But yeah, if he's waiting for leather, you would have your first Tesla next year, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah. 
cool. So that, that that's a really fascinating um, insight there, but 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 deeper is and actually I wasn't expecting that from you. So that's really good to get your opinions, and it's good that you were critical on it as well. So thanks for that. So talk a little bit then about about your startup because your startup is is in this I presume this area of zebras and you have that zebra mindset at least and um, maybe you could talk a little bit about null your your startup and and how it came about and what exactly it does please if you don't mind yes absolutely um so it was um it was um, a thing we worked on as students like in our semester break yeah um because we all were like interested in doing like something in, in the environmental space um because yes we do believe in it as well like we don't like, we want to help um, so, um, we thought, okay, like we just, we looked at it very like, um, rational, like we're, this is the market right now. Um, so we built a lot of different landing page. Most of them failed. Like we nice. put some ads good, out, good testing, yeah, testing. So testing, testing, testing. And then we kind of like became more niche, niche, niche. And at one point we were, okay, we do offsetting. So CO2 compensation for teams, um, as a perk. So that was very niche. Um, and then actually the first people um, signed up on our website, like we would be interested in having that product. So we then created a company um, to like be legally allowed to make that. Just gonna stop you there, that's really mm -hmm. important. So you waited until you got people to sign up first and then you found your company, right? Or around the same time. Uh, absolutely, super, yeah. Super smart. Everyone thinks that they have to like wait until they're founded before they put up like a start generating a newsletter or get signups or whatever. So that's a really good point, Nicholas, cool. And as well, be quick, like don't at the beginning, don't be a perfectionist. Don't have like the, like I do have two designers as co-founders. And of course, like we all can, like you have, you want to have it perfect, but we all learned it's not, you should not do that. Just have it out quick, get feedback yeah. as quick as possible. And then put in the effort once you have traction to make it beautiful and nice. And that must be a difficult relationship with your two designers to bring down their standards. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're super good designers. And at That's the cool. end, if, when we got like, um, we got traction, we also like, we also designed a very good website with the mindset. We're not going to make it green. There are no SCGs, um, like straight away on the website. Yeah. There's no like, oh, you should feel guilty. Um, cause you're harming the environment. Um, so that was kind of like a little bit what we thought when we were like building the website. Um, it's just like, it should be a product that feels good as well. Um, so we also framed it as a perk. Um, of course, like cool. offsetting in general is not the final step. Um, everyone yeah. like it, it is, but it's the first immediate like, step you can do towards like sustainability. Yeah. Um, it's so we found out hanging fruit, right? It's like when you book your, yes. your flight with Ryanair, you could just pay two euro to offset the flight or whatever. And like some companies pay for that and or else I'll, I'll just pay for it whatever it's it's a very low hanging fruit for people to just tick off and say oh, i'm doing something right yes and i think we kind of combine these two like um streams of course like companies want to be more sustainable and they want to attract talent so we mm -hmm. also like saying you do attract talent we're not hiding away that this does like attract talent for especially younger people that you want to have if you give it them as a perk yeah um so that's what we said. This is why like companies, I think I was like sign up. So um, they offset monthly their um, employees just type in their emails and they get it like monthly email about the offset amount. Um, we also do an average. Um, we had a big debate about like, are we calculating every single one's footprint? So we put in like a calculator 
like people just like jumped off after like the eight like eight questions or something yeah. so like but then yeah, okay another, let's another good point about your testing right that you think yeah. oh yeah people want to know exactly how much their carbon footprint is or whatever but right. realistically yeah. they don't they just want to say oh i do it i offset done they don't and if you then have the mindset yes but isn't it unfair if like you compensate less than you actually produce um but therefore you don't get someone because you put that huge burden up, up front yeah. to like it's just offset. a barrier, right? It's an extra barrier. It's a barrier. Um, so yeah, we just take the average right now um, and then can implement later. If someone then wants to calculate it exactly, we do that after then. Um, so yeah, that, that was fun. We automated everything. So um, it's kind of, you sign up, um, you invite your team a little bit like Slack. We did got some experience in like the Slack onboarding, create a workspace invite nice. the people over and um, choose an offset project, which one you want to want. Um, there, there, for example, we had a little bit of an, um, yeah, an impact thought because there are different types of offsets. I don't want to go too deep into, but um, you can offset with just like subsidizing um, electricity, like green electricity, mm-hmm. which for us was like, it is kind of offsetting if you like think through it, but it's not really. So we were like, mm-hmm. okay, we're purely doing like, tree planting things because that's actually like people also understand because it's not really tangible the whole offsetting thing yeah. you plant a tree tree does photosynthesis co2 comes out of the atmosphere like simple simple um process we all learned that in high school so they could remember. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah so we only do um like tree, tra- tree planting projects um but that's really and- good because it's quite a bit of controversy sorry again to interrupt mm-hmm. you nicholas but there's a bit of controversy around green energy right as well as in yeah. what is defined as green energy is it really green and you can go down that dark hole as well right absolutely you can really go down and then also yeah. like yeah but they're already making profit with this and you're just like giving them more money as offset yeah um so yeah it is a bit of controversy especially like germany germany is just a market that just ask a lot of questions yeah it's true it's true they want to know where actually, their money's going and why and what's where's happening. my money going um so yeah we did a, put a lot of the detailed description of our projects everyone knows where it is from you get a certificate if you sign up that's cool um you um yeah you get a monthly report um so um yes the money like comes to us and like goes straight through um the project and uh, we just take one euro operation theme um also also decision because if you like we could also like t- take a percentage on the offset amount, mm. but then we would motivate ourselves, kind of like if someone is worse with their CO two emissions, we would gain like we would make more money. Yeah, yeah. So like, get the logic. Let's let's just have an operation fee that doesn't change like how good or bad you are. It's just yeah. always there. Just um, transactional, right? Yeah, transactional. Yeah. Yeah, cool. that's like kind of the quick story of of now. That's great. Um, well, look, it's it's super impressive. Like I I love the idea. I think. I just, I mean, in particular, I didn't know the process of what you did, that you set up multiple landing pages, tried some advertising, kind of probably some A-B testing and different things, and you just like niched down from what you thought uh, your initial assumption was. Um, great to hear that people don't want and all these extra fancy calculators and stuff that they just don't use. Um, so you really seem to understand your customers well. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, congratulations for, for building that. But what's, what's the vision with this now? So you take one euro per transaction fee, uh, or sort of per per transaction, for example. So, are you aiming to to grow this business into something much bigger and like scale across Europe, or is it just for now something that is delivering impact that you're pretty happy with, and that it'll just kind of sit there and kind of automate and run by itself? Yep, that, that's a good question. Um, actually, funny story because like investors always ask, of course, that question. Mm-hmm. What is your bigger vision? 
and then you tell them the biggest vision that you have and then they're wait what is your niche like we started a niche and then you have a next investor and you're like okay let's start with a niche let's let's say then we do offsetting as a perk for teams yeah and they're like yeah. where's your big vision man um, <laughs> you can't so, win you can't win Nicholas. <laughs> you can't win um, but of course like we have bigger vision vision with it and we have that niche right now with teams yeah um is, is it once, just in germany or no actually the most um customers come from like australia canada um netherlands uk oh, wow, that's also really cool nice um Yes, so no, Germany's not the biggest market, unfortunately. Yet they should step up their game. <laughs> Maybe with the podcast, we can push them a little <laughs> bit. Come on, Germans, go ahead. <laughs> Come on, yes. CO two compensation. Exactly. Yeah. No. Um. Yes. So. Um. Yeah. The bigger, bigger vision is that we, of course, like also address other fields of um a company. Right now, it's the team. Mm. Like we thought, this is the best way to start because you motivate also a team to like also do um reduce their footprint by their own because um, if you start with a team most companies especially service companies the team is the biggest contributor yeah um but next step would be like um, we calculate your product and offset that as well mm -hmm. um obviously also with a code of conduct in mind that we're not going to do that for a company who's this horribly bad or has no like idea like how to in future do it by their own yeah um so we do want to look we don't want to work with a horrible bad company that just like wants to greenwash. Um, yeah. Just to like get, get the guilt off the back of their head. Yeah, the guilt off the back say. of the head. Um, yeah. So yes, um, having other fields of a company, maybe like the production product and emissions going to offset th these as well. Um, and then there's definitely like collaboration um, space there to like, um, yeah, offer more services around like sustainability um, within that field. And also like to certify maybe at one point um yeah amazing that's great and is is the hope to go full-time on this after you finish up code or are you just kind of play it by ear and just see see how it goes that, that's also a good tricky question another thing experience with investors um if they ask me like would you like stop code at it with it like stop studying at code i say always no that would be the yeah. worst decision ever like I mean, code I would is probably never part stop. of the reason why you guys all succeeded, right? Yeah. Yes. And like, it's a huge network to like also find investors. We do have now um, one one investor that is like committed. We're going to like race um, in two months, um, probably. Um, yeah. So it's then hopefully full time, like study full time um, mm -hmm. um, on it and like grow it. But yes, um, we definitely want to like work more on it. That's pretty cool. Great. You should apply for Expreneurs <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> Just to tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're if you're interested and it makes sense, that's the incubator we work with. Of course, you, you know it just for the for the audience to tell them. But yeah, we should talk later after you about that as well. I actually would be interested. Um, like also, a question to you is, because um, I'm also, we, we're having that right now in the sub association, like kind of looking at accelerators, startup programs. Is there like within the due diligence application process, any like sorts of looking at the impact or looking at um, like, yes, above the typical due diligence process um, kind of mechanism? You mean in terms of like sustainability impact? Yes, like sustainability, that, social impact. Um, are you looking at that if like um, companies apply? So I would say that our primary focus is not specifically like sustainability, but we work a lot with, I would say, external people that fund us like EIT Urban Mobility, they have a massive mm -hmm. focus on sustainability specifically. It's like one of the pillars, I would say, that we, we do as part of our assessment, but it's not a primary one, I would say. We're more 
Are, is it a potential scalable business? Have you spoken to your customers? Is it really validated? Because when we take yep. you in, we want it. We want it to be like not a slow increase, but you're ready to pull the trigger on your market. Everything's clear, and we just 10x to get you to space, basically. You know, to be there with, with Elon. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, it, it is a focus. Of course, it's like one of the areas in which we we do um, target, um, but not necessarily internally as, as as part of the assessment. So I am brand new to the team. So my first round of going through these particular applications, the whole process will be within the next. Uh, week actually when 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 the deadline closes but um i'll probably be able to tell you in about a week a much more detail about exactly how we assess those startups and um, but mostly it's through the programs that fund us so i think eit food we work with and eit urban mobility and um, they both have a, a very strong focus of sustainability because of the fact that they're funded by the european union and of course this mm -hmm. is taxpayers money they want to focus on not uh, increasing plastics and pollution and everything else they want to focus towards green solutions um so mm -hmm. in particular we just started the batch a couple of weeks ago in the beginning of january um, and that was um 25 teams across europe and israel and many of them focusing on purely on sustainability and and translating uh to or transitioning to greener forms of, of transportation so of course with those applications it's much more uh, in-depth about what is the real social impact um, but again, we're, we're, we are very, very critical and look very closely on the profitability because we're not going to enter into like a, a later stage accelerator program startups that can't actually make any money because it then, of course, as you said earlier, the impact doesn't mean anything if you can't make money, right? I was just saying, yeah, that's kind of goes in the direction of like, yeah, you want to have impact and also like have a, like have a product market fit, right? Yeah. Absolutely, um, and preferably the, the the product market fit first, and then later you can you can then obviously generate the the um, the impact, right? Absolutely, yes, I agree. Cool. No, very cool. good question. So thanks for that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, um, what I would love to to dive into now as well is just your 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 other interesting experience. So you have code, you have your startup, and then you also have the German Startup Association. So. Um, I kind of really only learned about this through you. So you connected with me, I think, through Instagram, and uh, you, you uh, contacted me. Sorry, uh, through through um, I think the uh, the the page that you use there, the the account that you have for the German Startup Association. So I'd love to learn more about it. So I work with a lot of German startups. Um, how can people become a member? How much does it cost? And most importantly, maybe before that, what exactly is it, and what value do you bring to startups and the ecosystem in Germany? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good, good question. Um, the German Startup Association, um, like the German word for it is, is Verband. I think mm -hmm. like maybe your, your, your German audience then have like a clearer idea of what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the representative voice in Germany of the startups. Um, doesn't matter which like industry, which like um, yeah, space they're in. So a big, big, um, big task that we're doing there is um, political um, lobbyism. So like passing, um, like trying to influence better um, laws for startups um, to like, for example, the ESOP, I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, heard about um, that. That got passed like a couple of weeks ago. Um, is it like a step to um, to have better shares um, for your um, employees? So like to mm -hmm. motivate them to like, um, also have like um, people from other countries coming over to Germany because there's like a better, like, yeah, better motivation to join startups. Yeah, better incentive, like, right? To get talented. Yeah, incentives, mm -hmm. yes. That's one of the part, like, so the political work, a big one is also like studies about the general like ecosystem, um, reaching from like specific studies like AI 
um, within in Germany. Always like, of course, Germany, because we have to represent um, the German startups scene, and we also are founded partly by the government. Um, and these would be kind of like white papers, etc., like just giving you papers, like in-depth analysis. Yes. How how much has the market grown? What's the investment in startups in AI or whatever the topic is, right? Absolutely, yes. And then we also have still some like platform-specific topics. For example, Green Startup is the um, department that I work in, where we like um, mostly work on um, stuff around sustainable impact, environmental tech startups, um, reaching from events that we're hosting. And meetups, but also white papers around um, around that topic. Um, recently, we launched a white paper around how to implement sustainability in your business model um, in an early stage. Um, yes, so these are kind of the work that we do, and um, we have I think thousand one hundred members, mostly startups um, from different stages. So we have like a tiny, just founded startup, as well as like an I think N twenty six is like I think there are a member. That's cool. Um, so everything, which is super cool. Um, and then also a lot of the VC scene um, is mm-hmm. um, joined us, especially because um, the president, Christian Miller, he's like quite influential, like in the startup VC space. Um, so yeah, good VC um, connection there as well. And then also like some corporates, because we believe in like, if you want to strengthen the startup scene, it's not can't only be startups, but has yeah. to be like other players, but bigger corporates with collaboration, joint ventures as well. Um, so the, the real benefit is if you join um, for startups, it's quite cheap because we want to support them. So I think it's just like 50 euros per year um, if you just found it. That's money um, well spent for sure. I, I think so too, because um, th- then you have the um, um, possibility to just like text us like, yeah, can you like arrange a, a meeting with that person that is also like a community member? Um, we have a Slack channel where you can like exchange ideas, exchange um, like, yeah, other things there. Um, you also get um, access to a benefit program that we have. So every startup can kind of like offer their product with a 30% discount. That's cool. Um, which is great because then we have like, I know, tax fakes, 30% discount um, for startups. Um, super oh, by the cool. Way, love ta- tax fakes as like an expat living in Germany. My God. Like having having that in English <laughs> and online, I was like, oh, my it saved my life own. too. It's like tax fix and Doctor Leap have both changed my life, like full stop. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they ask me like for twenty or thirty years at the end, it's like, yeah, take my money. You help oh, me. You help no me problem. so much. <laughs> you mean you don't? You're Absolutely. not going to charge like five hundred euro like a tax yes. down the road? <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. So great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of like. Um, what we do in the sub association. Um, there's the German Startup Awards, like one of the bigger startup events in Germany where we like look at the biggest founders of different um, industry. Um, I think really last cool. year, Ecosia was one of the vin- winners. Um, yes, so that's like a li- little brief um, description of the startup association. And I'm just working there as a working student because obviously like I do now on the sites, but also like for just working there as a working student, it's a good like network to have. Yeah. Um, especially I mean, if you find a thousand one hundred startups plus corporates plus warm introductions to VCs plus events and you're doing lobbying as well. I mean, it's it's uh, sounds like for fifty euro you get a lot of value in return. It's amazing. Absolutely yes. No, That's really... also great because like normally if you do something on the side, your employer is not like the happiest person in the world. Yeah. Especially if you say like, I'm gonna like quit as soon as I get um, like funding. Um, but since it's the startup association, it's their job like to support startups. Like they my can't not support like, them. Oh yeah, right? yes, right. They're like, oh yeah, Nicholas, how is it? Like, how is it going? Um, 
yeah so super That's the cool game, right yeah i think yeah. it happens a lot in accelerators as well like in, in incubators that people of course like me are working there but then like you know if some cool idea comes along and you think you can really jump on it happens a lot that people are transitioning from those positions to go full-time so makes perfect sense but i mean in particular i want to say that it's really great that i mean i'm going to be sending every single startup in your direction from, from <laughs> explorers and from from uh from Untenema in general because you know network is everything and if you're looking and contacting me for warm introductions to investors for sure i can do it but you know there's also a personal risk from my side that if you're not yet ready and you're not the right fit for that investor it's a very one-to-one -one match but if you're part of an organization then you're kind of like the organization vets you uh, you have an application process you have the benefit of being able to talk to other founders that are there that have had experiences whatever and um, and just the fact that you're doing lobbying as well i hear a lot of germans particularly on TikTok talking a little bit about the difficulties of trying to found a company and found a small business or a startup uh, in germany that there's a lot of issues regarding the amount of money that they, the government takes for taxes etc or what your work is doing in terms of um, the shares for, for for employees i think this is all really important stuff that people don't think about until they're in the middle of it and it's year three and you've got your half million million euro investment and you realize oh where's all the money going and you have these problems that you're trying to already fix so i think um that's really, really fantastic. So yeah, hopefully you'll get a little boost in applications soon. I'll be sending a lot of people your direction. Yeah, super cool. And if you also like stuff like that, you just talked about like the, the tool, um, the tools that you preparing for startups, like that's the yeah. kind of thing that we also would love to um, like share with our network because this mm -hmm. is what we're there for, like to um, yeah, help yeah, them we'll, out. Like, we will definitely talk about that. So that startup toolbox is coming. So um, it's going to be probably after your motivated motivating uh, story about doing quick testing and not making it pretty and working with a great guy from the Netherlands with it. So I think we're going to get up and running in the next month. I'll definitely test it with you. And then if we can do it, I'm probably going to join the German Startup Association myself anyway. So uh, I should do that first. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, having it as an offer for for those amazing entrepreneurs will be will be great. So amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Good to hear yeah great and um, is there anything else then i'll share the links of where people can go to to sign up and stuff like that and um, the startup the german startup awards super cool typically uh what month is it normally or when approximately is it each year is it like at the end of the year no um so last year was the last thing that happened before we all went to lockdown so i remember what, you're telling like, me this yeah <laughs> it's in march i think or april right before it's... corona right before corona yes um so one week later it was it would have not been possible yes so it's around that um that time and um, it's going to be probably an online event because yeah let's be let's be honest like in march yeah. are we all going to be able to go to big events um yeah no, so oktoberfest is also not going to happen i keep telling the bavarians i'm so sorry that's just, like, that's you, actually you think sad. it's going to happen it's just like <laughs> i know it's really sad i know it's a lot of money two years in a row to lose it's just like it's not gonna happen i just don't see it happening <laughs> but anyway um, Cool. Yeah, but more accessibility for people that want to join online, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, fantastic. I'll share the link for that as well for the specific event so people can can follow you and also on Instagram and social media and also the website. That's fantastic. So um, just to just to touch on a few things then going back to your startup. So I'm a really big fan of automation. I'm not very good at it, but I'm a huge fan, whether it's, uh, you know, when we get our applications uh, for the Xpreneurs program, it automatically goes into a Google sheet and like it's automatically updated. We use like, you know, MailChimp and other services to automate responses and stuff that I love all that stuff, but I would love to talk about it from 
um, null perspective or even just in general, like what is your thoughts on startups automating certain processes? Because from what I understand, null is pretty hands off in terms of if someone wants to sign up, there's no like person or, or monkey behind the board that has to press a button to authorize it, right? Most of it is kind of set up on, on, on automatically. So maybe you could just touch on that a little bit because I'm uh, secretly, I want to learn myself so that when I launch my startup toolbox or whatever I do, uh, I want to have an uh, automated aspect related to it. Yes, good, good, good question. Because yeah, I think like automation is the most important thing yeah. um, at the beginning. Because you, if you're just like a um, team of three that we are, and you want to like focus and grow, want to like develop the product, want to maintain it, want to yeah. do bug fixes and all that stuff, and you have you're to working, do all that. You've got the code university, and you have a startup, so you're a little busy, right? Absolutely. So I think like it's always good to like grow in steps. Like I have automated that. So I can then focus on the new thing. And we got asked like, yeah, what kind of like automation thing you use? Like you probably coded something. No, like we literally use the things that you just like talk like MailChimp, all these stuff. You can somehow find it, like put it together, which is super great um, right now that we have the option. So we use Webflow for our website because mm. it's just like the easiest, simple thing to build a website, to maintain it. Is it um, a little bit like Wix, but more with Wix? Yes, features, exactly. It's or, like yeah, Wix. Okay. It's pretty much like Wix. Hands on. Um, we use Bubble, which is kind of something like Wix for backend. Also, like something super, um, something you can easily learn without having like coding background. Cool. Because it came from like you want to build an MVP very quick. Mm -hmm. So if two designers, one product manager is not like, should we now start to invest in like? learning ourselves how to code no no thank it's, you and wordpress i find is a little bit like i don't know it's like a um, yeah it's sticky like it's just like it's a bit difficult to get into it you know what i mean it is it is yeah so we we automated that as well like we use mailchimp to like send out emails and stuff nice. we strive for the payment process um and yes it costs us a little bit to like um, because Stripe charges as well, but it's sure. so much worth it. It takes away the so much pain. You're saving time. I mean, people totally undervalue yes. their time. Like, like you are the most expensive thing in the company. You know what I mean? If your time can be better spent sleeping more or working out or you know right. studying or doing whatever, then it's perfect. You know? Absolutely. And then there comes all these benefits of which I think comes with automation, is like going deep into like an analysis, like seeing okay, like who signed up where. And when did we lost them? Um, or like the calculator, are people actually using it yes. and for how long and whatever, right? So seeing like how many people opened that email actually, like was it not engaging enough? Um, like no one pressed on that button that we want them to press. And is it like a design thing that we have to change? Yeah. And that comes with these like automation tools also. And um, you can just look at the analytics and stuff and like cool. make your product better. Same thing with like Stripe, you see like when they sign up, you can look at graphics, you can like really go deep into like the data and understand it, which then is again, so much like good base for making be better decisions. Yeah. Um, Cause you, you are so limited with your resources. So you really want to not only have what you think is going to be a good um, decision, you want to have something that you can base it on. Yeah. And if you have all that, because it comes with like the automation tools um, and can then say, no, we should not do that because you see like here in the like in the um, um, like graphic, no one clicked on that. So this yeah, is useless then in a sense, right? Yeah, it's really useless. So let's put it out. It's yeah. just better also like for your team to make decisions and stuff. That's cool. It's um, a data-driven approach, right? Yes. And we also like, it was a bit fun because like 
Um, we're like, we, we get a Slack message if someone signs up. That's so cool. we, we we're get like, that we like type form as well. I have never seen it before and we got it. And I was like, oh my God, we got a new applicant. It's like so cool to see it. Type form is also a powerful tool, right? Yeah, what you great. can do with it, it's insane. You can even build like a mini web store. Um, also, um, monday.com. Do you, do you ever use monday.com? You know, no, it, right? the, the project management software? Oh yes. Yeah. 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 But um, I've been speaking to them because we're 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 um part of their cool. we're going to be part of their program for for startups. Mm -hmm. But they realize that you can actually do a lot of backend stuff there. You can also do the automated um application process. You can do also cool. um integrations with Slack to be able to send emails or to send messages to yourself. Like onboarding for Slack, you can automatically add people to certain channels when you've accepted them for the application. So probably something similar cool. to what you're using. But yeah, really interesting stuff. Agreed. Yes, that I haven't looked into that. Yeah. 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 So cool. it's just like we fun. You, you get a new customer and it makes like a bing and yeah. It's, it feels good, right? I think you told me it last time you're getting the, the, the alerts for new customers on your watch, like, right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a little fun about like you hustle the whole day and then you go oh, go to bed, it makes a bing and you just feel like yeah, it was so worse to automate automate that. Imagine it's you're getting so cool. a bing and then you, the work starts because you have to like manual put them in. Yeah, um, God. Oh my God. It just, yeah. Because yeah, then you, you want you would, to put them. I mean, yeah. it, it's go back to your point about how you, the perspective, right? Like, whether you uh, show people chickens being murdered or you put a positive spin on things. And like now the Bing is not work. The Bing is like something working for you to generate you money and make a successful business and help yes. to improve the world. It's cool. Yeah, I think there's like also like a, when it comes to like automation, there has to be a balance between okay, yeah, you can automate everything, but if it takes too long, you should also not consider to do it. Yeah, because then we are again at the like, if it comes out that no one uses it, that was like even more waste of time. Of so it's, there's no the right and wrong. I think it's just like, yeah, you just yeah. touched on something super important. I wanted to ask that question. So you know what was your first automation you did, for example? So, you know, because I presume you just didn't build the entire system at the beginning, but was there some aspect that you automated in the beginning that you just like did your landing page, you got it up and running, and then you were like, okay, let's take step one, automate that, and then bit by bit uh, improve the um, the automation as you go through the process. Maybe you could talk about that because people probably think, oh no, I have to automate payment, I have to automate emails, I have to automate the signups, I have to like do everything. and it seems like it's a bit too much maybe, you know? That's true, yeah, that's true. Um, so what we did first, I think we automated emails at first because we just had a landing page. So we're like, just oh, for you signups, right? Yeah. For signups and then automatically if someone signs up, send out an email, thank you for this, right? This is the very first automation yeah, we did. it's easy, right? And that, of course, then it was manual work. Like we would not have built something that <laughs> then I was like, it would have no, make no sense, right? Because you don't yeah. know if it's actually a thing. But then with people coming in, people be, being interested, at one point we had like, I don't know, like 30 emails that, from people that were actually interested. Wow. And then we started to like, yeah, okay, let's do a mini, I don't even know if we use Typeform as well, hmm. um, just like to offset. Um, and of course, you also not had um, automated to transfer the money to the project straight away. So we collected them and then transferred them. Right. Um, but what was the Typeform used for? Was this where you contacted the 30 people and asked them to fill in a form? to get the data so they could offset, right? The, yeah, offset. And I think with Typeform, you can also like put a payment process in um, already. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So we put in, I think we put in a payment process as well in there. Oh, that's um, cool. Because I think another thing is like a lot of people always tell you they're interested in something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if they have to pay, and if it's just one euro, that's already a 
million times better like we are actually interested than just having their words on it but just getting their email i mean that's also a currency because it's a personal piece of information yes the, the issue with that now is like of course we all sign up to multiple newsletters and multiple things and the the value of the uh the email is is being reduced of course right the same that's with click through yeah. rates now they used to be like 80 percent back in the 90s but now they're like less than five or less than 10 maybe whatever yeah but that's cool so yeah you you automated as much as possible with type form got the payments and then did the manual on the back end and then i suppose when there was enough people uh signing up you then said okay now we need to make this better let's go to the next yeah. level and automate the payments and the transfer and everything right yes i think also like then the motivation is a whole different one right yeah you stop like you're building it for someone not only for the thought that you have that for the, the, the business then, you right? have yes yeah um yeah so automation is great um automate whatever you can <laughs> cool i'm gonna totally send you a draft of my toolbox and i want you to check it out for me and tell me where i can automate yeah no but that's that's really great advice for anyone listening i think it's it's good that we broke it down step by step that they don't have to do everything at the beginning they just you know I mean, you just gave so many golden pieces of information there, like the Dropbox way of, you know, showing you a basic landing page, sign up here, building that first, and then um, using Typeform to kind of close the gap between payments and to get the data you need from the customers. That's that's amazing. It's really, really great. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to become an automator as much as I can <laughs> in the future. But thank you so much for that. Um, but Nicholas, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we almost did an hour, which is amazing. So thank you so much again for, for taking this time here today. And um, maybe just let people know how they can get in touch with you. Of course, I can share any links you would like in the description, but is it better to touch base with you through the official website for the German Startup Association or on social media, LinkedIn? What's your preferred point of contact? I think LinkedIn is a good platform to like um, cool. reach out and then like forward it. It's for the Startup Association, like I can forward it um yes so is good is it null.com or null it's null.to we another another choice like do we do we pay five thousand for the domain but oh. that's not in yet so let's take the to and another good later. lesson you can build a successful right. business without.com <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah no so we have to at the end um to okay perfect i'll share the link and everyone should go and sign up and definitely pay that 50 euro if you're a startup join the german startup association i think it's going to be one of the best things that people could do in 2021 to make sure they can take their startups to the next level cool amazing yeah thank you so much for having me of um, course thank you for taking the time you're you're providing the value i'm just here to, to look pretty you know well, like I, I, I found you through TikTok, which I was like, that's Crazy. the channel we all need. And that's like on a bigger perspective on all the startup things. So yeah, cool. Continue doing yeah. that. Super cool. nice. And, and when you're up to a thousand, if you have a thousand more subscribers on TikTok or whatever followers, just let me know. We can do a live together. I think that would also be pretty cool to talk a little bit about the German Startup Association. Cool. So, yeah. Yes. Should talk to you. Yeah. Thank you Excellent. so much. Okay, Nicholas, have a great day. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You too. Bye-bye.